This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach on SiriusXM Business Radio Channel 132. Every week we're here live on Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific with a full hour of career talk to answer all of your questions on job search and career at 844-942-7866. So if it's Thursday noon, we are live and the phone lines are open right now. I'm Dr. Don Graham and in my day job, I lead career coaching for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter and author of the book Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. This book is a roadmap of all of my best advice and tips to help you get where you want to be. So if you haven't checked it out, it's available on Kindle and Audible as well as hard copy. You're going to want to get that to get yourself where you want to be in 2020. Dana Cash and Dion Simpkins are in the house. So if you'd like to talk to them, you can call 844-942-7866. We love hearing from you, and we are here live every Thursday to be your personal career coach. So today's guest is you. It's open calls all hour, and I'm also going to be sharing how you can turn an unexpected career detour into something that actually bolsters your career. So maybe you had a sudden layoff, change in boss, or reorg. So you're now in a new department, or maybe you made a decision that actually turned out to be a mistake, like accepting a job that wasn't a good fit, or doing something that maybe damaged a client relationship, turning down an op that turned out to be something you regretted later. But this is all part of the workplace landscape. And I can pretty much tell you that I've done all of these things, and they can sometimes be the best way to learn how to get on the trajectory that you want to get on. So if you've got a question, or maybe you've had a career detour that has put you in a great place, we want to hear from you, 844 942-7866. So let's talk about what's going on in the news. Are you familiar with presenteeism? What is presenteeism? Well, it's essentially when employees come into the office when they're sick. And research from Robert Half UK has found that 71% of business leaders reported that observing presenteeism in their workplace has some consequences. So One of the negative impacts is on business productivity, both on the quality of work and the output. But I think the other biggest one is that people are getting sick. Other people are getting sick, which then further creates a downward spiral. So they found that in the winter months, it is most prevalent with 71% doing this, and then it drops off a little bit in the summer months. But it can also be linked to workplace culture. So sometimes you work in a culture where they kind of frown on on not being in even if you're sick. Sometimes you don't get paid if you don't come into the office or into your workplace when you're sick. So do you go to the office when you're sick? Do you see your colleagues coming in when they're sick? Has the recent pandemic scares changed your view on this? What are your thoughts? 844-942-7866. Dana, I know you have some thoughts on this. Yes, uh, I learned a really good lesson. I came to the office, um, I, I got pink eye from my three-year-old and uh, came to the office when I thought it was uh, 
all gone and I spread pink eye around the office. So, yes. uh, yes, I, I, I am not, I'm not going to do that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> lesson so, learned. So, so lesson learned. But Dion didn't get pink eye. Well, Okay. Good for you. Dion's got an immune system that it's it's it's, it's a steel. steel door. It's a steel door. It's a steel door. Uh, do you come to work when you're sick, Dion? I think you do. Yeah, I do. I know you do. <laughs> I kind of have to though. I, yeah, I know, and that's the problem, right? Because I think that's a lot- right. Yeah. <laughs> so, this whole show is going to be all about how Dion has to come to work, even if he's sick. No, but I think that is the problem. The problem being that. Um, there's no one to cover for us or that we're not going to get paid. We don't have sick days built into our benefits. And this is what happens. People come to work sick and then other people get sick. And I think what companies sometimes don't realize is that if you build a couple of sick days or contingency plans into your benefits, then you're actually over the course of time in the long run going to benefit from that because employees can be home when they're sick, not come in and infect others. And like, this is my PSA and I'm I'm such a germaphobe and Dana did not give me pink eye. Um, but anytime you guys tell me you're sick, I keep a wide 10 foot space around because let's just face it, nobody likes to be sick. And if you're in an office where you're sharing keyboards or phones or you know microphones, as in the case of what we're doing here, it's really easy for germs to spread. So, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Do you go to work anyway if you're sick? If you do, why do you? Um, and maybe you're one of those people who just wish your colleagues would stay home when they're sick. 844-942-7866. So, hey, what are your career plans for 2020? Maybe things are going well in your role, which is awesome. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have specific goals or plans to keep growing and building. Guess what? This is February, which means it's leap year and you have an extra day in the month. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? We all wish there were more than 24 hours in the day. And this month, we get an extra day. Think about it. Is there always something you wanted to do, whether it's change jobs, build a side gig, write a book, blog online, create a website? You have a whole extra day in your in this month to do it. So what are your excuses? Why are you not getting it done? What's getting in your way? Let us help you here on Dr. Dawn on Careers, 844-942-7866. So let's talk about today's topic du jour. It is about career detours that maybe were a little unexpected. So this happens a lot. If you've been in the workforce for any length of time, chances are you've had a detour in your career that kind of cropped up on you that you weren't expecting. Um, So when most people post on LinkedIn or put their resume together, they appear to have this smooth, well-planned career trajectory, which makes sense because it would be odd to share career mishaps on these um, online platforms and in your resume. But when you do a little digging, you'll learn that many, if not all, the most successful individuals have a bumpy history of career detours that have actually greatly contributed to where they are today. So if you've hit an unexpected obstacle, take a moment to consider, is there a silver lining? There almost always is. So let's talk about some of these. And I'll be honest, I'm going to tell you, all of these have actually happened to me. So if um, if you want me to share my stories, I can definitely do that for you. But I want to talk about how these types of detours can actually get you where you want to be and some of the things I've learned from going through them. And I'd love to hear what you've learned by going through some of them as well. 844-942-7866. This is Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM 
132. It's your personal career coach. Maybe you've gotten some great advice, but you're not really sure how to apply it to your specific situation. We are here every Thursday to help you do that at 844-942-7866. Hey, can't tune in live? Guess what? You can send your questions to dawn at drdawnoncareers.com and we will do our best to try and answer it on air. Of course, it's fine to be anonymous. You don't have to give real names, real companies. You can be completely incognito and we'd still be happy to answer your questions here on Sirius XM 132, 844-942-7866. So let's talk about one of the most popular career detours that happens, getting laid off. I've been laid off twice, and I'll tell you that the second time stung just as deeply as the first time. However, the bounce back time was a lot faster because what I realized the first time was that that this can happen in any situation and I don't ever want to be unprepared for it again. So so the second time I was able to bounce back. But there's, there's no denying that this can be one of the toughest career detours, particularly if you never saw it coming. A lot of times there are hints that you might see. So for example, your company's cutting back on expenses or travel, or maybe they've, they've canceled some big projects or some of your major clients have moved on or stopped doing um, additional work. So you can kind of look around and see if some of these things are going on. Maybe um, there's been a change in leadership or they've closed a branch. So when you see some of these things happening, of course, not one, but you probably will see a mix of them. You may be in a situation where you potentially could get laid off. And if that's the case, um, If you haven't already, this is a great time to start making sure your resume, your online profile, your network, your brand, and all of those things have been dusted off and you're doing your best to be out there with the face and value that you want to portray in your career. Because the fact is, that anybody can get laid off at any time. Most of the the states that we work in here are employment at will, which means just like you can leave they can let you go. And sometimes there doesn't have to be a really clear cut reason. So this is something that I would encourage. What I've learned is you always want to be prepared for. So think about this. Think about if you were laid off tomorrow, are there at least 10 people that you could call who would be able to help you? And I'm not saying they have a job to give you. I'm not saying that they can necessarily introduce you to their to their boss. But people who are well-connected, who are ambassadors of the work you do, who understand the value you bring to the marketplace, who would be willing to introduce you to their network, who would be willing to help you with your resume, who'd be willing to give you a testimonial um, or a reference if you needed it. Because if you don't have a cadre of people kind of at the ready, then you may always be worrying about what if I get laid off. And here's the deal. Once you set up this cadre, once you make sure that your tools like your LinkedIn profile and your resume are always up to date, you don't have to worry about this because you recognize that you will land on your feet. So my advice to you is if you don't have this, then one of the things you want to do maybe with your extra day in February is to start reconnecting with some of the contacts that that you have maybe lost touch with and you also want to 
um, make sure that they're aware of what you're doing. Maybe you've changed jobs. Maybe you've gotten promoted. Maybe you've switched careers and that they are still willing to go to bat for you. And obviously, you go for bat to bat for them. 844-942-7866. We're going to go to Ivy in Connecticut. What's on your mind today, Ivy? I just wanted to call and say thank you for your inspiration. Um, I never really thought of my career in this way until I've been listening to you um, talk about it. So I was a chef for a catering company, and I worked my way up through the company for about 10 years. And then one day I was just completely let go, and I was kind of told that she was going in a different direction. Um, definitely hit me from out of the blue. And for myself, I hadn't had any schooling or formal training, so I never thought that I would end up in another restaurant or anywhere because I wasn't sure where I was going to go. Um, that is really so scary. The, <laughs> it was really scary. And I remember going to unemployment, and she's like, well, you can just go to any restaurant. I was like, no, I've never worked on a line or... I haven't been in a restaurant now in 10 years, and I just, and that was the only schooling I really had had it, or the only, like, education, <laughs> hard knocks, I guess, that I had really had at that point. Um, but it definitely fired me up, and listening to what you said about having the connections, um, I did reach out to a couple people and ended up running a different side of the hospitality industry. I was um, catering sales and coordination, and then from there, I actually, nine years ago, opened up my own restaurant and catering. Wow, that's so. <laughs> That's amazing. What's the name of your company, Ivy? Ivy Simply Homemade. That is fantastic. Yeah. So so it's a story about initially getting laid off and feeling like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I have no idea. And then engaging your network and using that as the bridge to now opening up your own successful business. That That is amazing. So here's here's something I have a question about. Will you ever be allow yourself to be in a situation where you don't have a cadre of connections and ambassadors who are there and understand the value you bring to the workplace? Absolutely not. And a big thing that I am trying to be more positive and more outgoing about in my industry is networking with even my vendors, um, the, the gentleman who delivers our uniforms and towels. I was talking to him the other day, and he said, you know, you're the nicest chef that I talked to, and I referred somebody to you for a wedding. And it just made me click that he could be somebody I could reach out to if I ever needed something. Because who knows who he knows in the industry or in the world um, for, you know, for connections and things like that. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Ivy. That was kind of the the core of my TEDx talk last year, which is this idea of you can't just focus on the people in your industry or your colleagues or the people who have worked in the field you work. It's so important to look at the, the I call it the, the peripheral is the next step. So in your case, it might be the vendors, um, you know, customers. It could be people who you see in other walks of life, maybe in, in community projects that you're involved in, because everybody has something to offer you and you have something to offer everybody. The fact is the world runs on networking, whether you're asking somebody for a good recommendation for a veterinarian or you're asking somebody for a job. The fact is there's so much knowledge in the world and no one person can have all of it in their mind. So the broader you build your network, the more people that you communicate with. And, you know, you don't want anything from your vendor. It's just you're friendly. You take time to, to understand who this person is and, and what they do and, and who they are. And, and that, if one day you needed something, that person is going to be there for you. And that is the heart of networking. I love your story because it completely embodies what we talk about on this show. It's not about about asking for anything. It's about building relationships and talking to the people who are ready right there. They're right there. Oh, 
Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, I so appreciate your story, Ivy. I wish you all the best with your business. That is a, an incredible um, story from getting laid off to to getting to be your own owner of a business. Congratulations. Thank you so much for calling Dr. Dawn on Careers 844-942-7866. I love this too, this story, because I do believe that layoffs are often a blessing in disguise. Often we get very comfortable in our jobs or maybe there's things about our job we don't like, but we're not really motivated to look elsewhere because we have a lot of other things going on. And let's face it, a job search not the most fun way to spend your time. So when you do get laid off, it really injects that motivation. And I encourage you, if you're in a space where this is happening, to don't just paper the world with your resume or reach out to everybody you know the day of. I encourage you to step back and say, what do I really want to do? How has the market changed since I was last in a job search? And where are my skills most relevant now? Where are my interests most relevant now? Have my values changed? And give yourself a little bit of space, as scary as it is, to reevaluate where you are now that you're in a, a new and maybe unexpected job search so that you can move forward in the in a path that is energizing. So use it as an opportunity to back up, step back, reevaluate, put together a profile and a brand that aligns with where you want to go and then use this as a springboard to get there. 844-942-7866. Hey, do you have a success story of getting laid off and then landing in the job of your dreams, let us know. We want to hear 844-942-7866. What did you do? Who did you talk to? What unexpected things happened after that? Trust me when I say if you're in the workforce for any length of time with the market shifting the way it does, with technology changes, automation, new industries, changing industries, the fact is it's not out of the question that you may find yourself laid off for no other reason than companies are merging, reorganizing, acquiring, and it's not a bad thing. It's a great, great lesson, great opportunity to reboot. And if you're ready for it because you've built your network, you continue to build your skills, and you have a strong brand, it can actually be a great opportunity to try something new. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach. We're here live every Thursday, Sirius XM 132. But if you don't have Sirius XM, you can listen to all of our back issues on iTunes and Google Play. Just search for Dr. Dawn on Careers and hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. So what are some more potential unexpected career detours? Well, one that that I've also done and probably many of you have done is accepted a poorly fitting job. So maybe it seemed great on the surface. Maybe the brand name of the company kind of overshadowed the fact that this wasn't the right opportunity for you. Or maybe you kind of was a little skeptical about the boss, but thought, hey, we can work it out. And for whatever reason... It just didn't work out. Sometimes money draws you into a role that you know isn't quite the right fit, but it's really hard to walk away from a well-paying job. But for whatever reason, this has happened to most of us. We accept a job and a few months in, maybe even a few weeks in, we say, holy cow, this was not at all what I expected. 
If this happens to you, um, you have a couple of options. So first off, you can see if there's any way to make it into the job you thought it was. So maybe there's a conversation you can have with the boss. Maybe there's a, um, you know, a situation that you can fix. If not, then chances are if you know you're going to be miserable maybe there's no opportunity to to change anything then it's probably a good idea to get back out there and find a role that is going to work for you because there's no sense being miserable for two years because you don't want your resume to look bad and so many people do this please 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 never make a decision based on how it will look on your resume because resumes are career stories which means that you have a lot of opportunity to decide what to include and what to leave off. And that's not saying you're not being genuine, but the fact is you're going to get four to six seconds of somebody looking at your resume before they make a decision. And you cannot and should not put every single little thing you've done on there because one, no one has time to read that. But two, it'll muddy your brand. So when you do your LinkedIn profile, when you do your resume, you know that you were at a job for three months, it turned out to be a mistake you don't put it on. You don't put it on. You just use years. Most resumes just use years, not months and years. So chances are it's not going to even be noticeable. So please don't make a decision based on how it looks on your resume because there's no sense being miserable for a year or two because you maybe made a mistake getting or accepting a job that wasn't the right fit. If this happens to you, best best uh, to look for a new job and recognize that there must have been a reason why you accepted this and why you overlooked potential red flags. So I think it's really important to do an assessment before you go into your next job search and say, what did I miss? Why did I miss it? And how can I prevent that from happening again? So maybe you didn't ask a lot of questions or maybe you let one thing overshadow some of the red flags that you kind of noticed, but you let yourself be lured into a role because the company is such a great name or because it's paid so well. But I think if you don't step back and assess why this happened, chances are you're going to fall for that again. So I think this is a really valuable lesson and one that perhaps you want to work with with a career coach or just have an objective conversation with a friend who knows you and they can help you understand why you might have accepted this role when it wasn't necessarily the right one for you. Sometimes this happens and you have no control. So maybe you thought you're going to be working for one boss and the boss changes. You know, in those situations, there's not much that you could have foreseen, but do do step back and think about how can I prevent this from happening again? Should I ask more questions? Should I ask to speak to some of the team members before I make a decision? What can I do? Because all of these things are within your realm. You can ask to speak to more people. If you don't feel like you have enough information, you can go back and you can ask more questions. This is a two-way street. An employer wants you to come on board excited and motivated and understanding what your goals are. And if they prevent you from doing this, that might be a red flag in and of itself. 844-942-7866. You are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. 844-942-7866 is our number. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live all hour taking your calls. And hey, if you missed it, a few weeks ago, we talked about job search mistakes, even savvy job seekers make. So if you want to catch that, you can go to iTunes and Google Play and find that episode But Dion, I think it's time for a pre-break quiz. Quiz. 
There's a quiz? So you've likely heard of Epcot Center in Disney World in Florida, but do you know what Epcot stands for? Hmm, what does Epcot stand for? If you think you know, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Sirius XM 132. This is Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, a Sirius XM 132. We are taking your calls all hour live on Thursday, 844-942-7866. Your personal career coach, we're here all hour. If you need some career advice or maybe you read an article that seems to apply to your situation but you're not quite sure how, let us help you. 844-942-7866. So right before we went to the break, we talked about our pre-break quiz, as always. Uh, Dion, what does Epcot stand for? <laughs> All right. So Epcot is at Disney World, right? Yep. It What What exactly is is the Epcot Center, right? Yep. It's the, the the big white globe thing. Yeah. Okay. Because I haven't been to Disney World, so I'm I'm guessing on this, like big guess. So we're gonna say um, it, environmental uh, at P. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to know if you were already wrong? Or, or I, I feel like I already going? am, but I'm, I'm I'm gonna keep going with this. Okay. You keep okay. going. Environmental uh, planet. Uh, covering of transportation. Ooh, I like that. I, did I did I get anything right? Uh, of. There we go. <laughs> you got the of right. Uh, of tourism. <laughs> right. I, one out of five. I hope Disney's listening and they're they're taking I, I note. Hope they're not. <laughs> and actually, no, they should listen. I I can get some free Disneyland tickets so I can see Epcot and know what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you 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 got the of. That's all I can say. It's, it's an acronym: Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. So it's a utopian city of the future planned by Walt Disney. And um, in it, last year, it had over th- thirteen million guests, almost thirteen and a half million guests, and it's the fourth most visited theme park in North America. Who knew? Who knew? But anyway, we see Epcot all the time, and I realized I had no idea what this stood for. Kind of who, like who CVS. Sees Epcot all the time. No, I don't know. I just. <laughs> I mean, I see these CVS and all of these. Uh, yeah, for, CVS was customer. I know we said this is oh, one of our I, quizzes. Look, I already forgot Epcot. <laughs> Consumer value store store maybe. I think because because we didn't get. I think a, a listener gave it to us, right? Yeah, consumer value store. I think. I think that's what we're going with. That's somebody, what we're calling it now. Somebody can call and and let us know if that is not correct. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, your personal career coach. We're going to go right back to the phones with Dan in Missouri. What's on your mind today, Dan? Hi, Dr. Dawn. Thanks for taking the uh, phone call. Um, I wanted to ask you about an interview process that I just completed over the last couple weeks. It was for um, a consulting role. So I kind of did your traditional connect one-on-one with the hiring manager, brought me back in to go through a consulting exercise with the team. Um, After that, did one more one-on-one 
and they this was a couple weeks ago everything seemed to go great one of the people even said hey expect an offer um the hiring manager said hey we'll reach out to you you know in the next uh, he gave me a specific day which was has already come and gone and i haven't heard a thing and so now i'm reflecting back to the whole process and thinking I wonder why someone would tell me to expect an offer when they're not the hiring manager. Why would the day come and go on? I haven't heard anything either way. So now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, does it feel as strange to someone else as it does to me? I don't know. I was curious your thoughts about that. Yeah, no, I love this question because we did did a show – several weeks ago called what are they really saying so trying to decipher recruiter and hiring manager speak so in this case when they told you um was it a was it a an actual person in a power of or position of power who told you we're going to make an offer like somebody who could had the power to do that no it was going to be a potential colleague Okay, yeah. So, um, and then they said they would call you on a certain day and it's coming on. So, here's my thought is that they really did believe at the time that they were going to make an offer, and the colleague has no decision making power necessarily to do that on his or her own. They'd have it's a team thing, um, and probably should not have said that. And they probably did expect to call you by X date because in their plan that was their idea. But here's what goes on behind the scenes during an interview. So, things go really well in the moment. And then the candidate leaves and people are like, yeah, we got to get together and talk about this and put the offer together. And what happens is they get really busy with client work. There's, um, you know, somebody gets gets sick or leaves the company or there's all these emergencies and all this time comes and goes. And here you are as the candidate sitting there saying, "Okay, I'm waiting for you to do what you said you would do. And it's kind of slipped their mind or slipped to the bottom of their to do list. So I think in the moment, those statements were were intentionally true. However, um, things have happened since then. So I don't think it's a reflection on you. It could be, I mean, if you want to go to the dire side, it could be that they were interviewing other candidates and they found somebody who is a better match. That all is speculation. It could be that the the client they were hiring for decided to do a smaller project. They don't need somebody. Either way, they should get back to you. So either way, this is this is sloppy hiring. But I will tell you something, Dan. Most companies have sloppy hiring, and it's unfortunate because you would think candidates are a priority, particularly ones that they are aiming to hire. So the good news is they still may have every intention of making you an offer, but they may have been sidetracked. So when was the date they told you? You, they were going to get back to you. Uh, this past Monday. Okay, so now so, it's now yeah. it's Thursday. Have you followed up with them? I did send a follow up email, just expressing appreciation for the process and their hospitality, and that I'm still uh, very much interested in joining the team. And when that did yesterday? That was yesterday, and you've you've heard crickets. I've heard crickets. Yep. Did you send that to HR? Did you send that to the the person who'd have the power to hire you? The hiring person. Um, And this is where it is kind of sloppy. They don't, you know, I never really dealt with anyone who was their HR representative. It's a smaller firm. And so the whole hiring process had been handled by the would-be boss and, and his current team, which I would be joining. So there was never really any conversation with, an HR person, it, it was all dealing with them directly. Is it is it a small firm or is it a, a big firm, Dan? 
under 100 people. Okay, so maybe they don't have an HR function or at least one that um, is I big. Think they have one person. Yeah. They have one person, yeah. <laughs> So one person who probably is dealing with, with everything related to HR from comp and benefits to yeah. personnel to hiring to everything else. So, okay. So that, that helps a little bit. So my sense is that their hiring process is simply disorganized. I don't think they're treating you great. That doesn't mean they don't really want you to join the company. This could be an indicator to you what it's like to work there. It might be uh, very ambiguous, very <laughs> loose. Deadlines might be loose. So you may be more or less comfortable with that. So it's something to consider. My sense is that a company of this size, business fluctuates quite a bit. So maybe they were hiring a month ago and maybe they're they're in a hiring freeze now and they just haven't let you know, which would be unfortunate. But what I would do, since you already followed up yesterday... I would give them, um, you know, maybe till the end of next week to reply. And then I would send one more email if you're still interested at that point and say, you know, I really enjoyed the people I met with. It seems like, you know, maybe the timeline has been extended. Um, You know, so I'm going to continue my job search. But if something, you know, changes, please let me know just so that they recognize that because at that point, if they don't get back to you, then then chances are something happened that was beyond your control. Maybe they had an internal person put their hat in the ring Um, could be so many things that you don't know but I hate hearing this Dan because I can't even tell you how much it happens I cannot even tell you how much people call me and say I had a great interview. I met the team. We all seemed to get along. You know, they they said they're they're going to put something together in HR, and then it never happens, um, or it doesn't happen for another three months because, like you said, the HR team's overwhelmed, or they're disorganized, or they get distracted by a client issue, and they just don't remember or consider what it's like to be a candidate waiting on that. So, my question to you is: Do you have do you have other things in the in the fire? Do you have other um, places you're interviewing i don't have any uh that i'm interviewing the great thing for me is i'm not in any rush so it's not like i'm not unemployed i'm not like in a bad situation that i have to get out as soon as possible i'm just looking for something new so uh so it's not killing me waiting um uh, not from that perspective, <laughs> more from an emotional perspective, it's killing me. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It is like, it is soul crushing waiting by the phone. So here's yeah. something I might suggest, um, because uh, with this being, did they reach out to you? How did you find out about this opportunity? Uh, I had I had come across them on LinkedIn and I, I had applied Okay. So, yeah, because one of the things I thought if you if you were referred in, maybe you can get in touch with your referral who might have some insider information as to what's going on. Or maybe they had, you know, who knows, maybe the HR person had to be out for a period of time. There's so many things. It's not even worth thinking yeah. about. But if you don't have that, I would, even though you're not in a rush and you're not really in a major um you know, job search, I might consider reaching out and interviewing at some other places if for nothing else, just the sheer fact of seeing what's out there. Because what I would hate is for this company to come back in three weeks and be like, oh, yeah, we got our stuff together and now we're ready to do this. And that be your only option. Like, I would rather you have the opportunity to choose. Maybe this is a great company and they're just disorganized in their hiring, or maybe this is opening your eyes that that you deserve better and you should be interviewing with companies who are actually 
recruiting you and see what that feels like. So go on interviews. And people say, I don't shouldn't go on interviews unless I know I want to take the job. And that's BS because here's the deal. You go on an interview. Are they guaranteed to hire you? No. <laughs> So why yeah. should it not work the other way? Go explore. See what's out there. See what employers are doing. See how they're treating you. See where your value lies. See what they're interested in. Because that way, if this company does come back to you, you have some other kind of options to to lay it against and to make a good decision. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So fingers crossed for you, Dan, either way. Sometimes when these companies ghost you, it actually turns out to be in your favor in the long run, even though you may never yeah. never know that. So so we're wishing you all the best, Dan, and keep us yeah. posted on how things go. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for giving us a call, Dr. Dawn on Careers on Series XM 132-844-942-7866. We're going to Bob in Canada. Bob, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hey, Don, how are you? Great show. Hi, thanks, Bob. I appreciate that. How are you? I'm not too bad. So I'm talking to you from snowy Toronto. Awesome. And um, I'm, a, I'm a career coach in the uh, Toronto area. So here's the thing. I find a lot of people who are candidates, when they're given the opportunity at the end of an interview, and, they, and the interviewer would say, do you have any other questions? They often don't have another question. Here's the question. The question is, imagine that it's February the 20th, 2021, and I have been hired by your company, and I have hit a home run. I have had the year of years. Could you please point to the three pieces, three chunks of evidence of my success so that I can clearly understand what it is you're after? Wow. That is, that is a detailed question, Bob. And here's my. And here's the deal. Yeah, half the time, half the time, the interviewer doesn't know the answer. I was gonna say the that. I was gonna ask time, you that. <laughs> the other half of the time, they do know the answer, but they don't formulate it well, or they're not the hiring manager. Like they're one removed from the issues. But what it does is it leaves the flavor in the in the mind of uh, that interviewer. Wow. This is like no one I've ever had before. It's a very strategic question. And you know what? I better go and find out the answer for that for the next time. And, Bob, I would say that, that that's what you would hope happens. And I, I, you brought up something that, that I wanted to actually share with our last caller, Dan. Hiring managers are often not trained to hire. So their day job is whatever their day job is, accounting, consulting, finance, whatever. And they hire people. And everybody thinks hiring is just, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. Ask some questions and you know make an offer but it's so as you know as a career coach it's so much more than that and there's so many biases to be aware of and and all of that but here's the deal i think i think one of the major pieces of research that that we see is that hiring managers tend to hire people they like and i'm not saying that means you should be you should necessarily be likable i think this is a big problem because that doesn't mean you're qualified but I think if you ask this question to some, not all, people who have a big ego, they may actually get ticked off at you because they don't know the answer. Yep, yep. And then they may yep, say, possible. yeah. This is, this is an excellent question. The more senior in the organization, CEOs love it and C-level executives love it. And I, I buy what you're saying further down this food chain. 
Yeah, people get threatened, right? They feel threatened that they don't know the answer and that somebody just showed them up and they're like, we're not asking that person back. But here's the deal. I agree with you that here's here's the other challenge with hiring. A lot of these job descriptions are just slapped up on the internet and have no tie to performance measures that the candidate is going to be evaluated against or goals that the company has. I mean, this is a major problem because they list things like, oh, you should be a good problem solver, critical thinker, maybe have a BA um, or maybe a master's degree preferred and all these like other things. But how does that tell me what I'm going to be measured on in a year, if I'm going to get a raise or a bonus or whatever, it doesn't. And your question cuts to the heart of that and says, okay, a year from now, what do you expect to see from me? And if somebody cannot answer that, now let's be clear, the recruiter may not be able to answer that, but the hiring manager should definitely be able to answer that. Then you got to ask yourself, um, you know, I might need to learn more about this role or how this department is run because if they don't know what they're hiring me for and what their expectations are during the interview, this is a red flag, right, Bob? Yep, totally agree. Yeah, great That's point. That's great. Anyway, I uh, I enjoy your show. Keep it up. I've got another hour of driving, and I'm going to lap it all up. Well, Bob, I appreciate that. And we love when career coaches, recruiters, and people on, on that side call in because I think your advice is so spot on, so valuable, and listeners need to hear it because I think we do, as as you know, people applying to jobs, we trust the process, Bob, and the process is often broken and biased. And I think what we are here to do on Dr. Don on Career and I think you do this in your coaching practice as well, is to educate job seekers that that it is a broken process, but you can be empowered to get around some of these things if you understand what's going on on the other side of the desk. So, Bob, love, love, love that you called in. Love the work you're doing. Thank you for supporting so many people in their careers as well as sharing your great advice here on Dr. Dawn on Career Series XM 132. Hey, if you've got a piece of advice to share, maybe you disagree with something we're talking about. Please do call in. We want to hear from you. This discussion, the reason we're here every Thursday is to share what's going on and to help one another find the jobs that are going to make you satisfied and happy and feel empowered. Empowered that as a job seeker, you don't have to feel like it's a one-sided process. You have something very, very valuable to offer, which is why an employer is going to pay you. So you should feel like when you're in an interview or when you're being recruited, that is a two-way street. You are responsive, they are responsive, and that all the information is coming out, it's transparent. And if you're not feeling like that, you have to ask yourself, what's wrong here? And, you know, is this a red flag I need to consider? 844-942-7866. So we're talking about career detours. So things that happen maybe unexpectedly that actually can turn out to benefit your career. So um, what if, and I've done a lot of these things too, uh, you know, what if you start a business that fails? What if you leave your job and you say, I'm going to really try and give it a go on my own and see how it goes? So this happens a lot and people go out on their own for a number of reasons, but 
Oftentimes, if you've never done it, you really don't know what to expect, even if you do your research, because some things you just can't really understand until you try it on. So starting a business often comes with a lot of unexpected challenges. You have to understand um, and work with people in accounting and finance and tax laws and, and all of this stuff that regardless of what your business is, whether it's a service or a brick and mortar, there's usually so many things that take you away from the, the actual core of your business and and cause you to need to spend your time otherwhere. Marketing is a oh, people hate marketing. Marketing and sales and that's part of a business. Maybe you discover that going out on your own is lonely. You like being part of an office. You like going into work and having camaraderie of a team. So maybe after a while you decide, eh, I didn't really love this as much as I thought or I don't, you know, I don't really have the um, bandwidth to make as much money as I need to survive or there's so many reasons why maybe when you start your own business that you decide it's not right for you. Does this mean that you failed? In my opinion, no, it absolutely does not. You know what it says to me if I were hiring? I would say you took a risk so you, you definitely can take risks. I would say you tried something new. So you're, you're agile and you're adaptable. You're not afraid of change. I would think that as somebody who started a business, even if it didn't end up growing the way you want or being what you wanted, that you have learned a ton of new things about how businesses run, about how marketing runs, about how to market and brand yourself, about how to use social media, about how to work with customers. There's so many things that, that you can bring to the table. So when someone comes to me and says, look, I, I left my career to try and do my own thing, to try and do a gig and it didn't work out. And now I want to get back into corporate. What am I going to do? Because I look like a failure. I'm going to tell you absolutely not. Shift that to show how you have grown and learned from this experience. Because I guarantee you that you bring a lot of skills that somebody who has has not taken this risk probably doesn't have. Clarity comes through action. And, you know, in this case, there's really no way to understand how to run your own business except to do it. And if you decide it's not for you and you want to go back to corporate or if you make any switch, any switch at all, maybe you switch industries or functions and you say, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be right for me. And I'm nervous because if I step off my ladder, then I'm going to screw up my whole trajectory. I say no. That is not the case. If you step off your trajectory and try a new industry, try a new function, and it doesn't work out, what you've done is essentially not lost all the skills that you had before, and now you have a whole new set of skills that enable you to be more creative, to think more broadly. You have a whole new network of people you can tap into. So it's all in how you look at it. It's all in how you position it. And, you know, we do not live in a world where you're going to retire from the same company in 30 years. We do not live in a world where the industry you're in is going to be around in 10 years, at least not in what it looks like now. So if you're not building agility, adaptability, if you're not expanding your networks into new places, if you're not taking risks, trying new things and learning new skills, you're actually going to be behind the curve. So if you're the person who's taken this chance and stepped outside of your ladder in one form or fashion and you feel like, oh, that was a mistake, I want to get back into my ladder, you're going to be even more valuable now 
in that ladder. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. We are here for you every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Do you want to know why? Because I believe that everyone should have a job where they feel good, they feel satisfied, they feel like they're learning, they feel engaged, and the hiring process isn't an easy one to navigate. And so we want to share the secrets, the behind the scenes, and all the things that are going on so that you feel like you have the tools and skills to get where you want to be. 844-942-7866. You can give us a call all hour long. We are here for you if it's Thursday, noon Eastern. If you missed the show or a previous show, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. So we have been talking about detours. So what if, what if you find yourself on the tail end of an out-of-character mistake at work? So <laughs> there's so many of these. Maybe it's, it's you screwed up at the holiday party. Maybe you dropped the ball on a big client. Um, maybe you got caught in a reply all email that really shouldn't have been reply all. A good rule of thumb is just don't reply all. Just don't reply all. <laughs> Do you- <laughs> uh, it, uh, there, there's two buttons. They're always right next to each other. Just, just pick the reply. Just reply. Yeah. It's never a good idea to reply all. But here's, a, here's another piece of advice. It's never a good idea to put anything in writing that you wouldn't be willing to say in, in on the trial stand in a court of law. So <laughs> so just keep that in mind. That is not where I thought that sentence was yeah. ending. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It's a, you know, writing, recording. If you don't want it to be out there, don't put it out there. So what are some of the things you can do as we um, get, into, get into the final moments of our show? What are some of the things we can do if you find yourself at the tail end of a catastrophic mistake at work or what you believe is a catastrophic mistake at work um first of all don't catastrophize just just don't do it it's really easy for our brains to blow things out of proportion sometimes when we feel like something is a huge mistake it's actually not it's not um and here's what you can do if you're not sure see if you could talk to a friend and ask them and oftentimes somebody will will help us to put it in perspective the other thing is Imagine the worst case scenario and think about a solution to the worst case scenario. If you can figure out a solution to the worst case scenario, then chances are um, you're going to be fine. The other thing you could do is own it. You know, bad news is best coming from the source rather than a third party. So, um, you know, once you say it out loud, once you own it, then a portion of that burden will be lifted and you can now actually take action. The next thing you need to do is make amends. You know, sometimes the only thing you can do is apologize, but if there's something else you can do to fix it, replace something, repay the debt, work overtime, whatever it is, then you want to do that. You you definitely want to do that. And don't assume. Don't assume you know what's best. Ask the person who maybe was at the fallout of this what would be most helpful. Um, you know, Assess the bigger picture because oftentimes if you make a mistake at work, it's because something is going on maybe that's bigger in your life that's distracting you. So maybe you have something going on at home. Maybe you're not getting sleep and maybe you're trying to juggle too many clients or preoccupied with something else. And, you know, this often leads to doing things that are uncharacteristic. So assess the bigger picture so you can figure it out. Um, Be patient. Sometimes it can take some time to regain the trust from the people who have been at the opposite end of this situation. So 
know that you've probably put in a lot of positive karma and that that has not all been wiped away. And yes, a mistake can seem like it does, but it doesn't. People move on. People get distracted with other things. People forget. And so on that note, you don't want to keep bringing it up. You know, if you if you wore a lampshade at the the holiday party, you don't want to to say, yeah, yeah, I'm lampshade Lou. No, no. Stop associating yourself with that with that, so that you can move on and rebuild your brand. And then, you know, lastly, remember that you're human. It can really be tempting to beat yourself up um, even after you've made amends and moved on. But, you know, humans, we often focus on our mistakes and we allow our achievements to be fleeting. We, we forget about them, but yet our mistakes, we feel like they define us and that, that errors become who we are. So if this is you, what I encourage you to do is take a moment and step back and look at all the good you've done. Look at all the achievements you've, you've um, created. Look at all the people you've helped. Because if you're in a state of mind where you're thinking, oh, I'm never going to live this one down, Yes, you will. Um, even if you, if in the end, it's it's so bad you have to change companies. It, you will move on. It will be a thing of the past. And there are so many good things that you're likely forgetting in this moment. That if you take a moment and reflect on them, chances are you'll realize that the whole of who you are is truly your brand and not this one error. So there you go. That was our speed round. For Dr. Dawn on Careers, we have talked all about unexpected detours, and we've had a lot of fun being here today. Of course, we're here every Thursday live, 844-942-7866 on Sirius XM 132. So thank you, Dana and Dion. Thank you to all of our callers and listeners. We love being here for you every week. And if you've missed the show, you can catch the replay on iTunes and Google Play. You're listening to Sirius XM 132. We'll see you next time. from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.